Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? <laughs> uh, you think you know me, Shad. Um, <laughs> I, I'm doing well. That's actually not what the three three thing. Yeah, the, it. You're you're right. It's uh, most people think it's that. It's not apparently. It's uh, you they think did, you know him. They yeah. did some subtle. They they've done some subtle things with with it so far. Yeah. So, uh, Brad, how are you doing? Uh, I am doing good. So, everybody out there, thank you for joining us for this episode. In case you didn't put two and two together, uh, this is being recorded uh, the week after Wrestle Dream. Mm-hmm. And frankly, there's just been so much stuff that's happened here recently. We were like, ah, we should probably do some catch up on some current event stuff. Yes, I have my I have my party hat on to laugh at Matt Riddle getting fired. <laughs> Brad has been looking forward to doing this. Um, I just—I mean, it's—I it, fucking hate him. I'm just gonna be honest. Like, I fucking hate him. He is such a—I mean, other than like, just the way he's acted towards other wrestlers, um, like Goldberg and Lynn Lesnar. Like, I—I I still find it hilarious that. I mean, it was unprofessional, but that Royal Rumble where he interacted with Lesnar for five seconds and Lesnar just, like, fucking just dumped him like a little gnat. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of, I was fine with him. I've never been, like, sold on him. Like, uh, I've I've actually talked with people uh, since he got fired, like, in the last, like, week. Whatever. He wasn't, like, it was, was it even, like, last week or was it, like, the week before? I think it was last week. Okay. Um, I've talked with people and i mentioned how like before he even came to wwe like dave Meltzer was like super high on him he's still high on him like that we can talk about that later but i mean he gave like a blurb in the observer that people like in the last like couple of days he gave a the most recent observer he gave like a blurb about riddle and people like raked dave over the coals and i felt they should because he almost like diminished all like the baggage that riddle has mm-hmm. and he made like a, who did he announce like i had to look it up he like made like an analogy where it's like this is not remotely comparable. I'll have to look that up. But anyway, I Dave He's was like, like super um, high on them. Dave said like, oh, Matt Riddle could one day like main event WrestleMania, and it's like uh, I didn't think that was necessarily accurate back in the day. But I didn't know enough about Riddle, and I think he was fine in NXT. I kind of liked him in NXT, but then he came to like the main roster, and they gave him you know, basically. It's I mean, it seems like it was true to life, although not nearly as like much of a scumbag as he actually is. But he, they put him basically as like the you know, the stoner gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, they had, like, the tag team with Matt, with Randy Orton. But, I, I mean, I haven't really consistently watched the WWE in, like, a while. So I, I like the I tag team with, with it. 
I like the tag team with Orton, actually. That's the only thing I've ever liked him in. It seems like it was well-received and everything like that, but I'm with you that I really soured on him when he started, like, bad-mouthing arrogantly, like, other people like Goldberg and and then people online and were justifying and like, it trying to say he was working and then Lesnar I guess he I guess Goldberg like kind of was whatever with it and then Lesnar pretty much took him aside and said I will never work with you ever so shut the fuck up yeah he's <clears throat> it seemed like he kept trying to um... go into business for himself yeah, kept trying to force things that other people weren't up for. And I, I would argue, too, though, with what he was doing is, um, well, he's going into business for himself. But, like, you don't, as, like, a guy that's new to the company and at best a mid-carter at the time, go into business for yourself with main eventers and, like, part-time legends. Like, you don't do that. Yeah, there is nothing about that that's going to work out for you unless that unless they really they already like you they're not going to immediately go into a into a program with a guy who's what was that that was like right after he he went to the main roster wasn't it yes like within like so, a month he started the goldberg and lesnar shit yeah so it, it's never um you could say you could say what you want about Goldberg. Like Goldberg has drawn more money than Matt Riddle ever has or will. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, I'm not even like a big Goldberg fan, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't really necessarily care for him. I wasn't even like that big and into him back in the day, and that's when like I was watching back in his day. But I mean, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I I hate like Dave's love of like legitimate athletes like really bugs me he's not it's not quite as like as bad as like a noki pushing you know lugs that happen to have like won like a mma fight yeah but like the, <laughs> but, the thing the yeah. thing that Meltzer i think is understating is he's a lot like jake roberts was in the 90s before he was like fat and totally useless like even any positive benefit you could get out of him is completely like negated by the fact that he is a ticking time bomb with PR. I myself, I'm a lot like you guys. I I never really liked Matt Riddle and given my track record, you would think I I would, but I don't know, man. There's something about the guy's attitude that always just irritated me. And the problem is, I think, he's a, I think he's a dick bag, but he's also like, like, and I know people are doing their mental gymnastics online to like pretend like weed isn't part of the problem because we pretend like weed is this completely harmless thing. But I think he is a complete dickhead that completely goes off his fucking rocker because of the substance abuse of alcohol and weed. His attitude, just from seeing it on TV, annoyed me from the beginning because it it seems to me – I can't swear to it, but it seems to me like he's one of those people that weed makes up a large part of their personality, and that immediately annoys the hell out of me. And then 
you know, here he's supposed to be you, you brought him on because he was supposed to be an MMA badass. But he's trying to he's trying to be like the have like a chill RVD vibe. And it's like, I mean, even RVD commented on him. And if you read between the lines, RVD was kind of like, yeah, he needs to stop smoking a little bit less weed. So he stops showing his penis at people like, yeah. And when RVD's kind of hinting that maybe you need to cut back on the weed, like you you might need to think about cutting back on the weed. Yeah. Yeah. If uh if our excuse me, if RVD is like, yeah, that guy's a problem. It's Mr. like maybe saying, hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe do it some down a little bit. I found the quote by the way. This is like from I think the last observer of one of the last few. Okay. He's like he's talking uh, Meltzer's talking about Riddle's release. He's like, Riddle's role in his last few months with the company and John Moxley's role, where he always lost in his last few months, were identical, although Riddle certainly has the baggage issues that Moxley didn't have. But Moxley went from the same position to being one of AEW's big three stars with Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega during the successful launch of the, of the company. And people were like ripping Dave apart for that. And I, I kind of agree. Yeah, it's like, no, they... no, no, no. They're not, they're not remotely comparable the thing that people criticize Moxley for is like, dude, you're now a family man. Uh, why don't you uh, stop blading every match? But that Mox is a guy. It's like, yeah, he had substance abuse issues. You didn't even know about it. But he was like, yeah, I'm going to go to rehab. Disappeared for like three, four months. So I went to rehab and then came back. And I would argue has been like since he's coming back, it's it's literally like people use the word too much. But it's basically like generational run like he's been doing like. Hall of Fame level stuff. Yeah, in and, my opinion. they're not comparable at all. Riddle's like a shitbag. Moxley didn't get forced to go to rehab by the company he works for, a company that's really never mm-hmm. done that before. Mm-hmm. Like Vince has been always willing to pay for guys that have worked for him to go to rehab out of his own pocket, but I don't think they've ever forced someone into rehab before. Yeah. And yeah. also, Moxley wasn't going around saying he was sexually assaulted by TSA agents after, like, being a fucking menace in an did, airport. Did you – There, I didn't, like, pour over it, but I saw it, like, briefly. There was, there's actual video. It's like yeah. it's an airport. Of course there's, like, security camera footage. But there's basically footage out there of Matt Riddle at the airport. And he's just, like, just blitzed. Like, he's completely out of it. So I think it's like he was a problem, and then when they were like to to I guess in his perhaps like weed addled mind, with the he thought that the way to go with that was to you know say he was sexually assaulted. Yeah, and See, also there's the there's the potential sex pestery behavior that he's been tied up in. He was part of like the speaking out. Yeah. Like that that movement uh, in wrestling but but... his accusations were very gray area and i would say um the results of a very toxic relationship on both ends but so i mean if i was wwe like they took a lot of heat for not firing him but honestly like if i was in their shoes and i took one look at that i would have been like uh i don't know i don't think we should fire him but on that same token if you survive that as someone, you should fucking fly right, like, and have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed and not misbehave. Yeah, totally. If you if you got a mark like that, toe the line and keep your nose clean. 
and because and, and don't do it right before the merger happens and they're oh going to be God. looking to cut talent and it's a company where a lot of the people already dealt with you in a different sport and hate your guts because you're mm-hmm. not reliable i am yeah yeah the it's hard for me to phrase but there just seems like a million and one reasons why not to have the guy around. Whereas it, it to go back to what you were talking about with, with Meltzer, we're, they're not comparable just because they both got jobbed on the way out. What's the difference? No, like, Meltzer is really, I, 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 and I think Matt's going to agree with this because I think he and I both said this Meltzer exists too deep into the wrestling bubble. Like, and so stuff like this where um, a normal person is going to be like, well, no, you can't really depend on that guy. Meltzer Meltzer's too deep into the bubble and thinks like, oh, another company is going to give him a shot like it's still 1987. Yeah, I mean, that's they, go ahead. <laughs> Tony, I'm sorry to cut you off. Shout. I mean, Tony Khan might like yeah, he might, but I personally would be like, eh. He you know, seem... it's not really worth it to me. I don't think it's worth it. He doesn't seem well-liked either. I think that's the other problem. Is I don't know about talent going to bat for the guy. The difference between a guy who worked, like, what, every show for two years straight versus the guy who got suspended multiple times for multiple issues... Uh, I wouldn't touch him at all. And the other thing is, though, how do you sign a guy that is on the record saying that he smokes weed to not beat his wife and kids and justify that hiring to TV executives? (laughs) Like that, that particular thing blows my mind by itself, because not only should you not that not be a thing you ever do like that's that's not something that should be on the table if you are so violent that you're like i have to medicate myself to not be violent to the people that live in my house then you have issues but then you're stupid enough to say that on the record around people and what did he say that in front of like reporters and stuff? It's like there is it's like now he's trying to justify it. Like people are going to agree with that. And like, oh, you know, no, sure. No, I gosh, I know what you mean. I have to drink to not be my I mean, sure, sure. We can do that. I, I think. It's no, the, I think the fact that he's using it to justify substance abuse. I don't think anyone would have that same opinion, even like Dana White, if he was like. Yeah, I take antidepressants and I go to therapy three times a week so I don't beat my wife and kids. Then you're going to be like, okay, well, you're just like, okay, I get it. You're an asshole and you realize you're an asshole and you're you're working on yourself. Whereas he's just like, oh, yeah, I abuse substances because, you know, that I'm an asshole. And the hypothetical you just gave, like that would at least kind of be acknowledging like maybe some self uh well, his like some self-action, some some guilt and all that, where it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I have issues. 
and I'm working through them. But because I have issues, like I want to do this awful thing, but I'm in therapy to prevent it, things like that, like that, that would be like, well, you still have those bad thoughts. It's terrible. But you're at least acknowledging like, yeah, I have them and I know that they're wrong. So I'm working on that. Yeah. And I mean, uh, like, life's fucked up. Like, I mean, like, I, I, you know, it's not good that someone would have those thoughts, but, you know, we all have our own lives and sometimes, you know, shit happens to people. So, like, I, I get it from that aspect. But the, the answer to that is to not justify substance abuse. Substance like, abuse. Yeah. I, I, Chad, Chad has small kids. I have, I have small kids. Like, I've never I've actually never been even and my 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 oldest one is like, you know, She's uh, almost turning four, but she's definitely had like the three nature, <laughs> three nature yeah. uh, phase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot of tantrums. And lately, because uh, she started, she started like an actual like real school pre-K. Mm-hmm. There's been in the transition, there's been even heavier tantrums. It's like at no point have I ever been like, oh, I want to beat my kid. Yeah. No, it, it's like, not never. on the table. There has been times not to like do something like endorse substance abuse but there are times especially at the end of the week when it's like you've had a long long day a long week at work your your kid's been like tantrums it's been a lot there have been times when it's like all right it's friday night kids kids are in bed like damn i need like a beer i need a drink (laughs) there's like that you know we're just to unwind but it's not like oh i need this so i don't beat my kids i that thought has never crossed my mind no it's like I've never wanted to even do that. I, I I would never tell my child this because like, I got to want her to get away with more than she already gets away with. But it's like <laughs> I could never even like spank my child because I the thought of it would literally like probably crush my soul. Like I yeah. would feel like one is a failure as a parent and also it would hurt. It did. You know, like the, the cliche. Oh, this hurts me more than her shoe. It's like that actually would hurt me more. Like it yeah. would emotionally cut me to pieces but matt riddle's over here like oh i smoke weed so i don't beat my kids lol and it's like what nah bro you're just like a piece of shit it does it yeah. does remind me of a patrice deal thing he was talking about on opie and anthony where he was talking about like intrusive thoughts which we all have and he's like mm-hmm. he's like yeah i don't like it when people ask me to hold their kid because all i can think about is punting the kid like a football <laughs> it, it's it's tough because you know, every now and then you would have the intrusive thought and the frustration builds up sometimes. But it's never like it has it has never, ever crossed my mind to. I for me, the phrase beat my wife and kids invokes like serious violence, like mm-hmm. closed fist violence. And. Like that's that's never on the table for me, like, and I I couldn't right like I I, I can't do that you know well I, and I'm somebody I... who trained a lot of my life at outputting like physical violence into stuff and yeah that's a great point because Matt Riddle like just thinking about it in the context of Matt Riddle it's like this guy's a, a trained MMA guy. Mm-hmm. I spent like, 25 years, mm-hmm. 25 years doing martial arts training until, frankly, my body fell apart too much for me to keep doing it. Like, I'm paying the mortgage now on the loan I took out earlier in a big way. It never, never crosses my mind to be like my, my wife and I are having an argument. And I'm just like, you know what? Bow! You know, straight, straight jab. And it's like, no, no. 
I'm more likely to have an intrusive thought of someone I don't know in public, but it doesn't it, – it's not on the table, right? Like, first of all, part of that is saying, hey, you know what? I know how to do these things, and I don't do them because I'm a responsible human being. But it's not something that ever holds anything in my mind for my family. It just doesn't – like, the closest was fighting with my brother when we were younger. But, you know, we were out of that by – yeah, high school, like Riddle being a in a position where he that's what he does and be dumb enough to say it out loud in front of a camera like just that by itself would be like, I, I, I don't want to touch him. I don't want his patchouli stink anywhere near my roster. Well, and it's such an interesting dichotomy, too, because like. There's been, I mean, I would say part of his problem is he's, like, an emotionally stunted man-child. But, like, it's interesting to see the dichotomy of, like, a Randy Orton who was super immature and then had kids, and you could see, like, him really mellow out as a person. Yeah. So, here is a, this, this, you're giving me an opportunity to, to... I'm sorry. I'm going to soapbox for just a second on something. It gives me kind of an opportunity. There was there is a video that uh, Joe Ehrman. It was a TEDx talk he did, and I, I think Joe used to play for the Chicago Bears. But he's talking about for young men, there was this issue with where young men were trained by their peers, and if they were an organized sports by their coaches to repress emotions and feelings it's alexithymia so you don't know what it is you don't know what you're feeling you don't and the only thing you can do is is figure out how to react is to lash out in anger okay so if if you are at a place where you are that emotionally stunted then by riddle saying that not only is he as emotionally stunted like you said brad but he also has a moral code that says that doing that is something that he would be okay with. And given what Tony Khan went through in the past year and change, do you want to have somebody who apparently thinks it's okay to behave like that? It's like, no, I don't want him anywhere near me. I don't want anything to do with him. And Frank, well, I would say it would surprise me that he's been – it took him so long to get cut. But to be honest with you, it, it doesn't. Um, it, it doesn't surprise me because Vince, being Vince, Vince has covered up things that are probably worse. And then Triple H seemed to, when he started booking, just stay the course on everything and not make changes – so he wasn't going to get rid of him either. But him being released doesn't doesn't sh- even without the airport incident. Would, if they had said, well, yeah, he got cut. I'd be like, ah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I agree. He's kind of a liability. I don't I don't know what will happen with him, but I mean, he just seems like more of a liability than anything. But let's now let's yeah. talk about more hilarious things um, <laughs> that. uh or I should say salty things. Oh, the salt. Yes. And I don't... 
So I, I know we tend to be, I, I would say we can safely say that we are an AEW based podcast on what we like, but I never, I never hold anything against anyone that wants to jump ship. And we are even like, we have a discord that we're in with some other people and we are even talking about Jade Cargill going to WWE. And we're all kind of just like, yeah, like, you know, they can really utilize her star power better than AEW can. If you, uh, if you like Tony Khan, like yesterday, I think even, well, he, he kind of was going on in, in like the, I think the Russell dream presser was Sunday night. So it was all over the, the media like yesterday. Mm-hmm. But he was asked about Jade Cargill, and he basically said, like, he, I mean, he, like, made her a very significant offer uh, in terms of money. Yeah. And the WWE, I guess, implied, it was, I think it might have been implied, like, maybe they did beat that, but it's not as if, like, Tony Khan lowballed her. He apparently offered her quite a big contract. Yeah. And she still went, and he was kind of surprised by that. But it's like, if you actually listen to her things that she has said before, I mean, I personally feel you're not likely to see Jade Cargill improve in the sense of, like, she's not going to get better in-ring. Like, I don't really see that. I mean, WWE is very good at smoke and mirrors, so, I mean, she could have, like, really, like, I'll say, I won't say good, but, like, she could have matches that entertain people I mean, she's had, fans. I, she's had, there, she had a handful of really good matches in, AEW, the um, especially. I question, I question who's really going to be like working with her in that regard, but because there was that one Rampage match her and Red Velvet had, that was like, absolutely like, a really really good match, and I think I think where, I but where I think they're going to run into problems though is that match worked really well is because Red Velvet bumped big for her and fed her mm. offense really well. And mm-hmm. I don't think they have that as much, but I think I think where she'll benefit in WWE is AEW isn't great at like pushing that mainstream aspect of it because they're more of a wrestling company where I think like WWE is better at that. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, it's a better place for Cody too overall. Like where where people I th- and I think like I think Wardlow would be dumb to not go if they make him a decent offer, who I think wouldn't be smart to go with someone like Ricky Starks because I don't think they would use him well because of his size and his build. He can talk, so you know, hey, he might get he might get like the Grayson Waller thing, where Grayson Waller is on the main roster and you know that's if he's wrestling, but he has like a segment. So, you know, and I wouldn't if, if he cares, like, I, I know that that's really what he wants, uh, Ricky Starks, but maybe. And I actually think there's a lot of rumors that he will. I don't know that he will, but he's like really, really tight with Cody to the point where he's been backstage with Cody. Yeah. At, like at pay-per-views, WWE pay-per-views. I, uh, I think you could still do that, though, and be. You can, but I, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like the signs are there that he'll jump. And I think like, I think that stuff's less um, taboo than it was like back in the old days. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, I, 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 I certainly think that, I mean, people have tried to make, they've, 
I mean, there's that, there's obviously like a feud, but I think it's more in the in. It's in, in the office, though. I don't think the workers give a crap this time around. It's between the office and it's between the fans. Um, the fans I think even the fans care a lot. I actually even but, think the fans more than the office because I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I wouldn't even be shocked with something like the CM Punk thing. I wouldn't even be shocked if there were calls back and forth between the offices, be like, "So he did what now?" Like, okay, yeah. thanks. Uh, but the the workers like not really like because people have tried like fans have tried like, hyping hype things up a feud between WWE workers and AEW workers for example like there's been like more at least a couple different times people have tried to rile up Kenny Omega about stuff and Kenny has had to step in and is like no like I'm totally fine with this person like everything's cool like Kenny Omega has been shown uh several times like wearing wwe shirts he just re-signed with the company like he's not going anywhere yeah he i think uh i think not that long ago he was on some sort maybe he was on something and he was wearing like this i think he was wearing like a Sami Zayn uh charity shirt that you could if you buy like proceeds went to Sami Zayn's like various uh, charity efforts for the syrian people yeah because uh, Sami Zayn, for those who don't know is of syrian descent that's um, why he can't go to the uh, yeah. Blood Bunny shows. Yeah. Well, he went uh, to one, but he didn't go to a bunch of them for a long time. Yeah. The uh, the kind of instigating between fans lead to like a very like really hilarious wrestling meme. I don't know if any of you guys seen it. Where is on Twitter. Uh, some people are trying to rile it up, and Kenny responded. He's like, "No, like stop. This is like we're all friends here. Everything's fine." And the guy trying to rile it up literally like responded to Kenny Omega trying to be like, no, no, no. And he's like, cleaner, I got this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> please stop. Like Kenny, Kenny Omega is telling you don't don't cause any drama and you're like ignoring him. But wrestling fans are just exhausting. Like they make me dislike wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The 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 dynamite taping I went to was great, except for the fans. Like everything else was great. Yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, I, when I went, um, there was during the Darby Allen match, there was this woman like screaming the whole time. Like I've heard, yeah. I've heard porn stars that are quieter than she was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I a while back I had to take a hold of myself and say, hey, you know, don't get caught up in this back and forth thing. And I know I've said it on here before. If you like WWE stuff, then go enjoy it. If you like AEW stuff, cool. I'm in the boat with you. Yeah, like if you if you try to sell me on WWE being good, I'm gonna question your taste. But like if if that's what you like, that's fine. Like it's not my thing. And like don't try and sell me on it because I can give you any number of reasons from decades of experience why I don't like the WWE vision of wrestling. They have people there that I like. Okay. I like Gunther slash Walter. You know, I, I actually was kind of hoping for bigger things for Chad Gable. I have watched clips of LA night stuff. I think he's doing great. I'm glad Eli Drake's finally, you know, getting, you know, getting traction, but I don't like their show. I don't like, their um i don't like their their presentation but if you do great 
I don't enjoy. like that I but, to, I don't like that I look up the raw results every week and they're like I would say at least two out of four weeks I have to look at last week's results because I'd swear to God it was the same show two weeks in a row. Yeah, but if that's what you enjoy, okay, that's what you enjoy. Great. But I am not going to I, – I am not down for sitting here going, mm, yes, their ratings are down. <laughs> and like, dude, no. Was the show good? Did you enjoy the show? Great. Watch it. I'm going to find – I'm going to watch what I enjoy watching. And do I care if the ratings are up and down? Not really. Did I enjoy what I watched? Yes. Okay. That's what I'm concerned about. Hey, if you listen, and I encourage people to listen to all start all the way at the beginning of our shows, <laughs> all the way. You can see like beginning like from 2018 to like now, you can actually hear us on the podcast. Like it's been the slow progression where we were like we started off like you know reviewing a lot of WWE content and being like mm-hmm. yeah this, and talking about the pay per views and everything like that. And slowly we'd be like yeah you know I don't know it's just not so this isn't hitting like it used to down to like now where. Like I've come to the realization, I know Brad, it's like, well, we're more of an AEW podcast. And it's like, yeah, because I feel like what we like and we're more, I don't want to say like work rate. That's not exactly true. But it's like we like more of what AEW is basically presenting. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of hardcore fans, and I would say we're hardcore fans because, you know, we've been doing this, we've been watching wrestling for some degree of I mean, like my, my 20 wife, plus years my wife yeah. had to once she mentioned that i was a wrestling fan to someone and they mentioned oh they watched wwe and she's like no you don't understand like i didn't even know japanese women's wrestling was a thing and i've seen more of it than i ever thought possible and it's not in english like that's that's mm-hmm. the difference between i think what like a wrestling fan is and like what we are yeah um but Essentially, like we like it more, but I had to come to the realization. I was thinking, it's like, well, is it every fair? I don't know that we're always fair in some regard. Was like we just shit on it, basically WWE. Yeah. And I'm always of the mindset. It's like if I don't like it, I'm gonna get a clown on it. I don't mean it personally. It's like if you like it, that's great. It's it's just my opinion, and I don't. I actually don't have an ego about it. It's like I by far don't think my my opinion is like the opinion. No. Far from. It's just my opinion. That's literally like that's the only person to hold sway with is me, really. Yeah. Like that's and, all it is. Yeah. But and I'll be honest I, with me, like I'm just too guarded with them because they always disappoint me. And I like, the last year yeah. is a perfect example of why I don't give them a chance. I said after WrestleMania 2022, not even this year, 2022, when it was like Lesnar, Roman again, and Roman won every all the belts. I said I said on the show we like basically reviewed Mania or talked about it and I was like yeah like I'm out like I'm out and I still I'm such a nerd like I will still follow what's going on in the WWE I'll still like read rehabs and things like that and same at least on Raw it's like well same Judgment Day stuff that we've seen like last like 35 weeks but look it's I just came to the realization it's like yeah WWE largely like isn't for me I don't watch it. Uh, I, I can complain about the booking, clown of the booking, stuff like that. But it's also like I'm not being like, oh, uh, 
Roman versus Sami Zayn. What a shit match. Well, I'm not. I'm not commenting. I'm just. I can comment about how like, oh, Roman went over Sami Zayn. Oh, that was. I think that was bad booking. Weird. But I'm not like, oh, the match wasn't good. Whatever. Like, I'm like, no, I don't watch the matches. We even like. We even we even did a show where we did the the pitch black match because we thought we could clown on it and have fun, and it wasn't even fun. It, I just yeah yeah well, okay there are some people I'll clown on because I'm like they I don't like what they're doing and I don't think it's good but I don't know that it's necessarily their fault they have people that that do well there but I don't you know don't want to watch it I, I did enjoy it it was more entertaining than anything they ever did on the main roster but the the maximum male models like just making shit up so Sean Ross Sapp would have to debunk it was hilarious. <laughs> like so, whoever whoever of them thought that up, it, like I think it was probably Mansoor, but like th- that was hilarious. Yeah, I mean we don't need knives out, okay? It, it, we do not need to be killing each other because and say one's better than the other because I don't know we've said this before. But we are not – you're not comparing the same group of people when you talk about the two company fan bases. You're just not. No, and the thing is like the online people are one thing, but the people that are actually watching WWE, like their core fan base, um, no AEW exists, and they don't care about it because that's not what they watch. And that's perfectly fine. Sure. Ha- have fun. You know, like they've been watching WWE because they're all like in their 50s and 60s. They've been watching it probably since like the 70s or at least since Hulkamania. Like that's what they do every Monday and whatever. If they watch SmackDown, like and that's fine. Like I wouldn't expect them to change their habits. They just want their comfort wrestling. And I know that sounds like I'm being like belittling of that. But no, that's like totally fine. Like that's the same as when. Like, if I want to go read a Spider-Man comic and have this the comfort of, like, what I know. Like, yeah, there, this, um, that, like, indie comic might be more suited to my taste, and I'll probably read that at some point because that's what I do. But, like, sometimes you just want to, you want a fucking Spider-Man comic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want to watch, someone has a style that you enjoy, and you just want to watch it and enjoy it. So what do you do? You you turn it and you say, look, there is no way that anyone is going to convince me that the Fast and Furious movies are good. But they're enjoyable enough that they've made 10 successful ones now. Okay, fine. Enjoy them. I'm not going to, but go enjoy it. Have a good time. You can tell me about it later. I, I doubt that it, you know, it would take as long for you to tell me about it as it would for me to watch it. Um, go enjoy it. You know, it, it. There's nothing wrong with it. Like the Oscars pissed me off because they're like, no, we only nominate things that are high art, and it's like, no, you nominate things that you decree to be quote unquote good. Like let's let's not. And they stopped like nominating things people actually watched like, yeah, a long time ago. Oh no! Well, they they brought one back so they could put Black Panther in there for reasons. But I think No Country like, for Old Men's the last one that like won for like a movie that people actually watched. Right. So 
quote unquote good is not the important part. That's never been the important part. What's one of the biggest selling book genres of all time? Romance novels. You know what? Romance novels are not renowned for their highbrow writing, but people enjoy them. So for God's sake, let people enjoy their stuff. Just you, there is no need to try and cut the knees out from something else. They're not competing with each other. They do similar things at different times on TV for different people. It's not you're not rooting for the Bengals over the Packers because they're not in that kind of direct competition. So you know that that would be like oh oh you know. You're a Packers fan. Well, <clears throat> I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a Miami Heat fan. So you know the Packers. So it's like we're not talking about the same thing. I am so, enjoying the salt though. So if if, if, you, if you've been living <laughs> under a rock, so it was kind of, I think it was kind of becoming kind of obvious that it was going to happen. Um, but I think it's still kind of surprising. Like I don't know how quickly this all came together, but. So at the end of Wrestle Dream, uh, we get a big debut, which is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, with the WWE music in tow and the Rated R Superstar moniker, because it wasn't trademarked, debuted in AEW. Yeah. And um, what I what I like narratively about it, and it's not, they probably won't play it up, but I kind of like the idea that Christian had become such an asshat the Edge mm. felt the need to completely, like, sign with a different company to get him back in line. Like, you, you can't be doing this, man. I will I will take a whole new job to stop you. Yeah. But it was an, it's interesting, though, if you watch, like, his debut. Because, like, there's, like... And, I mean, I, I watched, like, some of his WWE stuff. And, like, he was happy to be back and everything... But he looks like a different person, like when he came out for AEW. Like he just seems like a guy that's happy and like energized and refreshed to be there. And he said afterwards, he's like, he's like, I felt free. Like I felt like I was a kid again, like wrestling on indie shows. Well, I mean, we've talked about, especially with like the elite resigning, at least the Bucks resigning. It's it's like, and the reason why other people probably have resigned. It's like. It's not a bad gig, especially for someone like Edge, who, you know, he and and his wife, Beth Phoenix, like, their kids are still young. I don't know if they're, like, I don't know if they're elementary age. They might be, though, because I don't think Beth Phoenix is really like, that old. I think she's, like, in her 40s, and Edge is, like, what, around, like, 50 or something? But they didn't start having kids, like, you know, 20 years ago. I think th- their kids are still pretty young, so why wouldn't he want to have, like, a lighter schedule, especially with, you know, it's a dude who retired for years, uh, was able to come back thanks to the to modern medicine and like the body's natural ability, kind of remarkable ability to heal itself. He came back, but he, even though I, I mean, he did some crazy stuff, like in his WWE run that just concluded, he got injured a couple times, but I mean, he did mm-hmm. some crazy stuff. But it's like, why wouldn't he want to take basically a lighter schedule? And he swears like, oh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be like working all the time. It's like, yeah, he might. Uh, that might actually be what he does, but it's also like this schedule for AEW is not crazy anyway, unless you somehow like force Tony, get Tony Khan to have you wrestle like two, three times. Well, they, a there's week. something about, there's a, something about the way WWE does stuff that like just grinds people to the, mm-hmm. yeah. To the, 
Because, like, AEW people get hurt, but they're not, like, the same kind of injuries. They're, oh, we messed a move up, or, oh, I landed weird. Whereas WWE's, like, these blown-out ACLs and neck injuries and... Like, I, I question, like, something about how WWE has wants people to train and, like, work matches for the health of the workers. Mm-hmm. It, it was something that I noticed um, later on in Steve Austin's run is the, the quote-unquote main event style happen, started happening. When I saw Steve Austin started doing spine busters, I was like, well, wait a minute, why are we doing this? And... It's it's not just everybody's you, – you have a lot of people working the same style and taking the same kind of bumps so that you get more wear and tear. But the fact that they have people – where apparently they're on the road a lot like they used to be. So they're out there working a lot more, mm. and AEW is like, hey, Wednesday – they they record unless it's a pay per view two nights because Dynamite and Rampage are recorded in the same night and Ring of Honor and Collision are recorded in the same night. So if you're not that there's a split, but if you're predominantly working Dynamite Rampage stuff, then that's one show a week you're having to go do, and it's a lot easier. For you to recuperate because you're not it's not just you're at home and resting more, but you're also not traveling in accommodations that, quite frankly, are not big enough for a lot of those guys. And I think the way they schedule shows, because it's like, okay, well, they do one show a week. Oh, they're going to be in Ohio for the next month. Like, okay, I'm going to fly home and fly back to Ohio. Yeah, they they can. Or if they're like, look, man, you know, this is going good, but I want to keep my edge. They can pick up other stuff if they want to, but they don't have to. Yeah, that is true. Like, there's a lot of people. Tony Khan does seem to be flexible with doing, like, indie stuff. And I I think I just saw, like, there's there's talent that's going to be on indie shows. Mm-hmm. Like, AEW talent. There are, not everyone, but there's a certain amount of AEW talent that will do indie stuff. There's some, oh, man, I had to look up the promotion. I almost, like. I, I don't know that it's on Fight TV. It might be on Fight TV, a Fight Plus, which I have a subscription for. Um, it might be. If not, it's like IWTV. But it's a show that's going to have, like I think, Sky Blue. It's going to have like Santana. It's going to be like a bunch of AEW stars and indie stuff. And it's like Tony Khan allows that. Now, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think Edge would be doing something like that. But it's like, why, if you're Edge and you're older, why wouldn't you have, like, I can have, like, basically show up like once or twice a week plus pay-per-views probably get paid like a boatload of money and it's going to be less wear and tear on me and i mean that's a i think that i think your kayfabe reason brad is like the way they're going to go and i think it's right but he's already like with the cat out of the bag like edge because he's basically like talking to me and it's like oh yeah like i one of the big reasons i came here because i wanted to like finish up my career with my buddy jay meeting christian yeah he's like my kids are super excited it's like you're gonna like you're gonna spend time with uncle christian it's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> christian the kids are like oh christian how are you and christian like shoots a death glare over at edge <laughs> but i mean he, they, have a, they, have a living, they have a living father so i mean what are they yeah that's why he's glaring at him. He's like, "You're still here." <laughs> I I love that 
I'll give him a shout out because I, I enjoy his Twitter feed and he's one of the he he's underappreciated, but Simpsons wrestling memes on Twitter. <clears throat> but he he did the the edge one where it's like, okay, Beth, I'm going out like to join AEW. Yeah, it's <laughs> like don't. <laughs> <laughs> It was just I, I watched Wrestle Dream live and I'm sitting there and they're doing the end of the show stuff and I'm I'm waiting because AEW has a way that whenever they're getting ready to do something, like they like to build the tension. They like to build to whatever it's gonna be. And they're winding up to it and you know, you're waiting, you're waiting, and they do the lead up for it. And it you know, they, they have kind of a teaser and I'm sitting there going because there had been this whole thing about like, well, what if he doesn't actually show up? What if, what if Edge doesn't debut here or Adam Copeland? I'm like, then he doesn't. They never promised he would. They honestly didn't really even tease it that they would. So well, people were okay. just drawing hints based on behavior of WWE and and um, the fact that they placed Christian versus Darby last. And even yeah. Meltzer said, like, yeah, I kind of thought that was going to be Copeland, but it also could be so Darby could win the title in his hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think I think people expected it. I, I expected Edge um, and people were not disappointed. I think they handled it really well, but we're going to say shout out. Sorry, I cut you off. I was, well, I was going to say it's like it could have been either one. And mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping it would be. But if it didn't, then it wouldn't. And they hadn't made any promises. And so what point does it do to, you know, why get upset about it? I'm not going to get upset. But I'm watching this, and they're, um, they kind of start winding it up, and, they, and then it goes quiet. And I will admit, full bore, that when Metalingus hit, I marked out like crazy. Be- mm-hmm. If for no other reason... Then that's one of my favorite entrance songs of all time. And I, I've never been – I appreciated Edge. I thought he was good, but I, I was never like a huge Edge fan. But just this happening, just being able to watch it was so cool that I kind of marked out on it. But I, and, think, I think people were shocked that like he got his – like he came out to his music. That's – but it's funny because it's like he WWE doesn't own that. that yeah. Uh, I mean the band uh, isn't it? What's it? Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge. It Creed they, minus Scott Stapp. Yeah, they own it. Um, and apparently they're really good friends with Edge. So basically, like he he was able to take the take the music with him. And I guess because because of the friendship that he actually has with them, Tony Khan admitted it's like oh yeah, like uh, he saved us some money on like the rights. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he gets it. And the, the, well, the, the, from like a purely like, uh, kind of behind the scenes, like funny, uh, more embarrassing thing is that like the WWE never trademarked R rated superstar in fairness to them. I think it's like the legal reason that the, the patent office or they told them that it's like, well, you know, we, that, we're not gonna let you. You can't patent that. Tra- it. It's not, yeah, it's not trademarked. Enough. Yeah, it's Fix like it's not like the language did not alter superstar enough to warrant a trademark. Yeah. So Edge is able to use R rated superstar in, in AEW. I'm I'm I've not I've been an Edge fan, but it's like I haven't since he retired, it's like, well, you know, he's retired. And I 
wasn't in, necessarily enthused about his WWE run recently. No, they used well, him because really... like I'm not really I'm not really enthused about the WWE, and I think that they. I think you're about to say like they didn't use him well or they booked no, him badly. No, they, they they did not use him well. Like I don't think he did very well in the matches, but they really set him up to fail a lot. I I mean, because they put again, him in like cinematic matches, but also like super long matches, which even like Edge at like the top of his career, you don't want to see in like twenty plus minute matches. Like that's where mm-hmm. I think a lot of. And and they really weren't guys that like you wanted to see him with because he wrestled like Orton like they had a Sheamus thing. Um, what else? That no DQ COVID street fight match they had in the Performance Center with Orton bored me to tears. Is that the one I, that was like thirty five minutes long? Yes, it, that one. I think that was the one that. Like I think Meltzer even Meltzer like Meltzer I think actually even likes Edge, but Meltzer I believe had what became kind of like a meme afterwards when people noted it. He he said like on Twitter he was like I was ready to confess to crimes I didn't commit just this match would end. Sometimes Meltzer has like funny stuff, but yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't enthused by it. I wasn't like necessarily against it because I do like Edge. Um, I am interested to see where they go with this. Obviously, there's going to be like a feud with Christian, but I do think that there are matches that he could have that I think would be fresh and interesting. He's obviously a big enough star that it's like you got to have him be, you know, like a featured attraction, kind of more towards like top of the card. I think they, I think, I think they handled his debut in a way that like piqued my interest. Like, I don't think he's going to necessarily be a needle mover and he's not like, um, he's not like a big interest of me, but I also think though that when all those people are talking about how CM Punk was like this huge loss for them, like, well, like, yeah, who's talking about Punk now? Because they they just went out and you know replaced him with like probably at his height like a bigger star, maybe not as like relevant today, but like they I mean like this is this is why someone like Punk is replaceable. I it's it's really tough to make see it's like he you almost feel like you'd have to look at this like ten years down the road when both guys in theory are like completely done with their careers. Um who's going to be bigger. Like I, I still almost would say like punk, but punk that's, it's almost unfair because punk has more of a mystique with it's like someone who's unpredictable, not just because of, you know, his actions last year uh, or so, but he's always had this mystique that it, going back to even like the whole Cena punk, like winning. And then, Oh, he doesn't have a contract because he's the champion, but he's like walked out of the company because he's contract lapse, et cetera. Going way back even to then, and then basically disappearing for seven years. And it's like, well, will he, will he come back to wrestling? Like, I don't know. It's like there's this mystique with Punk, and Punk is a very dynamic person. But it is going to be interesting to see. I would I would probably say when it's all said and done, Edge will be, like, in terms of, like, wrestling, like, the bigger star. If you look at, like, if you actually care about wrestling, it's like who, who impacted the business more in the sense that they were – they did well as a champion. They did a lot. They had a lot of great matches. They're part of several eras of wrestling. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I've, I talk, I've, I've been talking with a friend of the show, Justin, uh, a lot. <laughs> about, well, I've talked about yeah. this. And I feel in terms of like 
Tony Khan hires uh, of like, you know, older wrestlers or, you know, nostalgic wrestlers. I think that he is going, Edge is going to be a much better hire than yeah. like the Hardys. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily fault TK for hiring the Hardys. I think like, I think you had, you had some matchups to do with them. Like you had them versus Bucks, them with some other people, but it's like the bloom has been off the rose. The Hardys are pretty washed as they say and have been, but I don't begrudge that because it's like, all right, you, you sign them, you do like some matches, you have Hardys versus FDR or whatever. It's just Hardys versus Bucks. But the problem is like the Hardys are so washed. It's like you can't, I don't know if you can even like build to that and people be excited. But I think Edge is going to be much better than that. Um, but I would say I don't know that Edge yet is going to be as as good of a hire as Christian. Because Christian has, I almost would been say, amazing. overachieved. Like this, like... It's to the point I would honestly say Christian. I don't perceive Christian as like, oh, one of the best of all time. Like, no. But it's like it whatever however you want to rank Christian, I feel like he's he's brought himself up like a lot in that ranking. He's like he's been on fire both in terms of like his work and his character work is like by far like amazing. Hey, can I play something for you guys? Go for it. What you got? Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard this. It's it, maybe it's just like a Twitter thing, but someone basically <laughs> did a cut. It's only like 52 seconds. They did a cut mm-hmm. of Christian um, to his old like TNA theme. Okay, I'll play, it, I'll play it for you right now. Let me get like go a for it. Game. Yeah, it's okay. I love that he's just embraced hating on dead fathers. Well, and the other thing that that cracked me up was when they did the post-match or the post-show scrum. Uh, Alvarez went to ask him a question. And Christian just, I mean, ripped him a new one. It's like, what what did you think the... um, what did you think the first time you saw Nick Wayne wrestle? And Chris goes, I've never seen Nick Wayne wrestle. And it's like, okay, first of all, we know he has because he did commentary for a Nick Wayne match. But he, I've never seen him wrestle. And then and he, Alvarez is like, okay. And he goes, what did you? And he goes, yeah, I wrestled his dad. And he goes, well, his dad's dead or something like that. And it's like, oh, my God. He's so – he leans in so hard on this heel character that it's – well, Honestly, I think, I think like, he doesn't let anything go. His dad trained Alvarez, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He did, and it, oh, he he said uh, he said, "Do you wrestle?" He goes, "Well, not anymore." He goes, oh, "He's dead like your career." Then <laughs> <laughs> he just ripped him a new one. It's like, wow. See, Christian has he he showed up and. It's, it came off as an underwhelming debut because, like, gonna, this Hall of Famer is going to outwork everyone. And everyone's like, oh, it's, oh, it's Christian. Now, like, oh, let's see. What, 
and Edge had just kind of like they WWE had not picked Christian up after that Royal Rumble when they picked Edge up. They got in trouble for his debut from the network too. Oh, did oh because they didn't hype it enough. Yeah, because they they did it as a surprise and they're like, can you just can you at least hype it so you get rating a ratings boost next time? Yeah, and so it's like okay, let's see what happens. And Edge has you know the like some matches that just don't don't hit right and then christian had that uh impact title match with omega which was fantastic and he's just been doing great ever since then let's let's um let's also be fair to christian here he headlined the biggest drawing non-wwe wrestling pay-per-view since like in like oh god how long was it it was like 20 something years at the time Oh, okay, yes. Since like ninety, it's not anymore, but yes, yes, not anymore, but yes. So, um, the uh, you had all of that, and I've been really more impressed with how you know with how Christian turned out than Edge. But then Edge is like, well, I wanted to work with my friend, and you wouldn't hire him. So, hey, you know, I've got an option now, and you know, go for it, man. Um. But, you know, you guys pointed out there was a lot of salt to Adam Copeland showing up in AEW. And the salt has been it has ranged from kind of amusing to just staggeringly unreasonable. Do I think it's dumb? Like he could just want to, like, have a different like just do it in a different setting for a while. Like, yeah. Well, and just some of the deranged things I've heard is like, he took the his WWE music. It's like, you mean the music that was on an album and released under the band's name before WWE ever used it? Um, that, that's that's not their music. Or the the wave of people proclaiming he should be removed from the Hall of Fame. It's like. What they have? That was a conversation we were having before we started recording. Yeah, Sunny is still in the Hall of Fame, and she is in prison for killing someone drunk driving. Yeah, and she's a she's a serial domestic abuser. Yes. Um, she has a crime and sport episode devoted to her antics. Yes, she had a dark side of the ring to her as well. Mm-hmm. You have Jimmy Snuka, who may or may not, but may have oh, killed no, his killed girlfriend. Her. Yeah, totally killed I'm, her. I'm, I'm, I'm hedging. I think he um, only didn't he only get off on the trial because he, um, they didn't think he was like mentally competent. Yeah. Oh my God. Which may or may not have been true, but I mean, he did. <laughs> oh, he was like die. Yeah. Not that long after of like stomach cancer. So it's like, yeah, th- I think that he pretty much got off because like, yeah, you're going to be dead soon. So who gives a shit? But you have all of that and other people who are in there. You know, what was it? You said, Brett, Abdullah was in there. Yep. Uh, Moolah's in there. And but you're going to go off on edge about this. Rick Flair is in there because your feelings are hurt. That he got a new job. I mean, like, 
Blackjack Mulligan and his counterfeiting um, stuff <laughs> in there. I I won't use Vern Gagne against him because he did kill someone, but he was like he was like riddled with dementia at the time. So I, I'm not gonna. I mean, yeah, there's there's. I'm looking at some of the other ones. Okay. I mean, Lawler and his assorted uh, history. Yeah. Um. You know, Mae Young and her um, John beating asses in there. <laughs> I don't hold that against her either. I mean, the Von Ericks are in there as a group, which includes Fritz. Um, uh, and, you know, Carrie had quite the assorted history. Let's see. Yeah. Ted DiBiase, which we can you can discuss the. Um, the How much of it was yeah. was Ted? How much of it was Ted Jr.? Yeah, I think that's still in I debate. Don't, I, yeah, we, we we can discuss that another time. I don't know how much he knew or anything. Based mm-hmm. on how like they settled everything, I think he was not as culpable as like Brett Favre and other people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Let's see. I'm looking still. Uh, Mike Tyson's in there as a celebrity. I mean, that goes without saying. Uh, well, that was that was after he had served his sentence too, so it's like, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Tyson got medicated too. Yeah, finally, which I think fixed a lot. Um, let's see, Carlos Colon, which we can discuss, like things that happened in Puerto Rico that he didn't do. I mean, Jake Roberts is in there. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. I'm still... I'm up to 2016, so... Um, I mean... Snoop Dogg's fine. Do we want to pick on Warrior about it? Um, I mean, he did... I mean, we will say... Yeah, Warrior is a piece of shit. I mean, we could, we could discuss how Snoop Dogg got smoked under the table by Willie Nelson... <laughs> and admits it. Well, isn't there a song? Isn't there a, like a country song that someone wrote that I'll never smoke weed with Willie Nelson again? Yeah. Toby Keith wrote, "I'll never smoke weed with Willie again. My party's all over before it's before it begins." Um, I can't remember the right, but yeah, that's basically the story. Is that that Willie Willie stuff hits so hard that the at the end of the song he says, "I'm never going to do it again." I will not partake. I just let it pass by with a smile on my ha- my face and a great contact high. Like, y- yeah, you- you're not going to. Willie's kind of like the OG on this, and you're not going to hang with. He's in his 90s still doing this. You are not going to. He's going to think... fucking be on his deathbed with, like, <laughs> one hanging out. With Brutus Beefcake's in there. Who got didn't Bruce Beefcakes caught cause like a bomb scare because he left his coke in like a toll booth or something? He did. There was some sort of bomb scare, yeah. Yeah. Jim Barnett, my boy, is in there. My boy. My boy. I didn't really that one impression everybody does. Someone just did one and it was hilarious. Maybe it was Teddy Long. Did one. (laughs) 
I mean, like some of these oldies, like from the seventies and eighties, like you know they were fucking underage rats on the side too. So like, yeah. Wait, so this this butthurt proclaim is it, it's it's just something else. Um, Buzz Sawyer's in there. Oh yes, this this the butt hurt salt about this is really painful. Uh, it, like part of it is is funny. Oh, I think it's hilarious. I I mean I think these people are unhinged and like really need to um really need to take a step back and like ask themselves what they're doing with their lives that this matters that much to them. Because this is my yeah. thing too, and I'm gonna go into the realm of real sports where this kind of sentiment comes up a lot. Like, I never begrudge, even if it affects my team adversely, like, I never begrudge guys going for the money. Like, never. Yeah. Like, so there was talk about Joe Burrows getting a bunch of offers uh, from the Bengals after after last year. And I'm like, oh, dude, no. But if it happened, do I blame Joe Burrows? No. But... It didn't, so okay, I can be happy about that. But I'm not gonna be like Joe Burrow is a traitor who needs to be hunted down. No. Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with you? Especially that, like, you have a limited career window to earn money like that, and like a lot of those guys aren't even gonna earn like generational wealth. Like, so I mean, like they need to. And that's the other thing. That's the other thing with the people talking about the WWE thing is like it's it's like any other employer employee relationship like he's like he's only obligated to them when they're paying his like when they're paying him a check he owes them nothing more than his labor for their compensation yeah and like they can terminate his contract anytime they want to and he didn't break any contracts. He just chose not to sign an extension. And I think it was largely because of creative differences, truthfully. Or he, what else is he going to do? What else was he going to do there? Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, what what, what was he going to do? Like, they're going to bring him back and he's going to go right back to feuding with a judgment day? Like, that sounds boring. Yeah. So why don't you go do something else, get a lighter schedule, and, be with you know, buddy. work with your buddy. Yeah. And your other buddy, Chris Jericho, is there. That's true. And, That's like, true. how many people, like, how many people in WWE is he even, like, friends with anymore? Like, a lot of his peers are gone. And, like, Orton may not come back with his, as bad as his back may be. Oh, so I don't, I think Orton's done. Like, he, it sounds, they were talking he, about he, it at some point. It sounded real bad. It was uh, he was seeing the the performance center, which doesn't mean anything. I mean, he could always be like, you know, Stop working as say a, hey. something to say, hey, or like he's talking to people about maybe being an agent or being a coach or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I've never been like a super Orton fan. Uh, I do think he's a good worker. Um, I think he was his career has been over pushed and they've used him too much. I've been just absolutely sick of him in points in his career, but I do think Same. I do think that he's a good worker, and I think like 
I, I mean, a recent time, I think that he's been used like he should, whatever, where it's like he's not, let's not put the title on him for forever and have him be like the main event person, but let's just have him be essentially like a mid-card guy in a tag team. Uh, I think that's fine. But uh, I don't know. Like, it's tough because it's like you don't necessarily like to see guys' careers end with injury. But yeah, I did hurt here. Like his back was all screwed up. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's starting I, to get those. He's starting to get those like your body's failing on you injuries. Mm. Yeah, I mean, who knows if he if he can come back? Like he may not be the same. So we'll see. Because it was a severe back injury, wasn't it? Like, I don't know if they ever said... I don't know that they surgery. ever said, but I almost feel like it was... I feel like he he had a surgery, and again, I'm not... He's been out I'm over not, a year. Like, I'm not looking. a... Yeah, I'm not a medical professional, but as I said before, like, I, I deal with a lot of medical records, so... I never heard anything about neck. I've just heard back, so I'm guessing it's either thoracic uh, or lumbar... Which mm-hmm. thoracic is mid spine, lumbar is your lower back. Um, I guess it could be both, but I'm kind of wondering if you I, had a spinal fusion of some kind. I'm thinking I don't know that I heard that, but I'm thinking that must be what happened. Which it's like I, I don't know if that's what he what he did or what happened. But obviously, like just for those who aren't aware, like if they fuse your spine, like that's bad. Like it's, it's, it's not bad, like, if you're a normal person. Like, you can have your a, lumbar fusion, and you can still go about your life and job. It's kind of a cascading effect, though, because if you get one spinal fusion, like, the chances you need another one. Well, that's that's because, again, like, I, it's not, again, as someone who, like, knows a little bit about medicine and, and kind of getting into, like, what I, I do for, like, a living, it's, like, I would suggest to people, like, uh, if you can avoid spinal surgery then i would uh if it's unavoidable and you're in such pain or whatever like yeah go ahead but if you can kind of improve it doing conserv more conservative treatment options like physical therapy things like that like i would try that because a lot of times like they have to redo surgeries or they have to do secondary surgeries because it's like it may work but it doesn't i mean part of that's like it's your spinal column like your neurological system is completely entwined with all of that well, so it's, your body's built a certain way like your back is built the way it is to um like work like it's mechanically meant to work a certain way and <laughs> when you screw with that like you may fix like that issue but you don't like you're causing stress points in other places because you've altered the mechanical yes there was a back. there was an interesting discussion on Twitter in the last like few days where some someone I think it may have been a worker uh, was basically he was basically saying like oh, like the wor- your worst like neck pain or neck injuries uh, don't aren't gonna come from like you know taking a bump in the ring it's like the the sleeping awkwardly on a plane as you're traveling to and from that was uh, Mike Bailey. Oh, was it Bailey, or did, was he responding to a different one? I, th- I think it was Mike Bailey. He was entwined with that. Uh, I think on our Discord, like, you know, uh, I think uh, someone else <laughs> posted that. And, or maybe on a different Discord I saw that posted. But it's, I, again, I, I know, <clears throat> know a little bit about medicine. It's like, that's not wrong. I know Crowbar from WCW 
Yeah. He actually responded to that because he in real life and has been for like a few years, like at his post. I mean, he still I, he might actually still occasionally do like indies, but he did, he wrestled in AEW. <clears throat> oh, did he? Yeah, he made an appearance. I missed that. I missed that. Crowbar is like legit. He's a physical therapist. It has been. Uh, and he kind of chimed in on that. And he he didn't say it in these terms, but basically what he's kind of saying, he intimated that it's like, well, yeah, it's like once you once you like are kind of laid up, not really moving, just sitting down a lot, like that's when you start having issues. And that's right. Like from what I have seen, like and that's way into the weeds, but it's like this is people who they get some sort of back injury or they get some sort of like, you know, musculoskeletal issue. Oh, my, like I have bad arthritis in my knees, can't really move around as well, et cetera. Which, then that's when things start kind of like, I won't say falling apart, but think of it like falling apart. Like you start getting issues and you start getting chronic pain and all of that because your body really isn't. Well, you hear stories. It's like, oh, a grandma, 95 years old, walks like five miles a day. And it's like, well, that's why she's 95 years old. She's like probably walking five miles a day. She's keeping herself active. She's keeping her body like in motion. Yeah, and I mean genetics. Genetics play. Uh... They do. Um, but but to, to finish my thought, that's also why you hear like, oh, grandma's like 75 and she broke her hip and then she's dead within six months. It's like yeah, because you're, again, you're meant to be in motion. Like once you're like, once you're kind of more sedentary, that's what causes a lot of problems. It's also why, sadly, like we live a very sedentary life in America. And uh, that's why you're seeing like obesity, even childhood obesity rates like spike. You're seeing, you know, diabetes and all sorts of things. Cause it's like a lot of people, they just like, you know, they sit at a desk all day and then they go home and they sit all day, like watching movies, watching TV, watch, playing video games, whatever. They're not actually being active. And then it's not me trying to be snobbish, but it's like the, the human body was meant to be in motion. So even literally just like, getting up and doing like a mile or two walk like well let me walk the dog for like a mile whatever like a day or several times a week that's going to keep you like alive and surviving a lot longer well I, so with diabetes with the diabetes epidemic um the mm. government's largely responsible for that with the food pyramid because oh, they, they, oh yeah the government yeah. has done like a horrible job with that uh there's a book uh i think it's called like my big uh, it's called like the big fat secret or something. It's something to that effect. If you search for it on Amazon and that's kind of like the argument where it's like, they were saying like all along, uh, you know, Oh, can't eat fats. Fats are so bad for you. And it's like, yes, yeah, certain types of fats are horrible for but you. Our brains but ne- our brains need fat to operate. You need fat is actually good. There are actually, you know, quote unquote, good fats out there. And if you, if you're eating like fat, then it's actually going to suppress hunger a lot where you're not going to be like ah it's uh 11 o'clock at night i'm still hungry let me eat like some oreos it's like no don't do that what you should do is maybe like you know maybe munch on like a cheese stick buy like a cheese stick from the store and it's like it's fat but it's almost like the good fat it has a lot of protein in it too it's going to fill you up actually your body's going to be like i'm not going to eat that i'm not going to i don't need food later on at night uh what have you so it's and that's kind of like the premise, but yeah. And, and what they did with the food pyramid is so mm. it, it's, it wasn't, it was based on like, pro, it, I think it was promoting like agriculture and stuff. But so what, what the food pyramid did that, that really screwed us up is if you look at the food pyramid, it really has you stuffing your face with um, starches and carbohydrates, which are bad. Like we, we really do poorly with carbohydrates mm-hmm. and stuff, but also the other one that isn't, 
stated enough and people don't really understand is um, fruit is kind of not something you should have a ton of because fruit fruit has a lot of sugar in it and you don't always want to have a lot of sugar and when i was trying to um when i was trying to manage my diabetes and lose weight like fruits and vegetables were kind of a, like could be kind of a landmine if i wasn't careful especially yeah. fruits they i mean they're supposed to they've been used as dessert a lot yeah um so you know and like when you look at the new diets, like actually when you when you observe what we operate best on, I think paleo is the best one, which is like, um, like lean animal protein and leafy vegetables. Like that's kind of what, um, what would be most like what I think we had when we were like at our kind of when we were like more of a scavenger, um kind of people i mean it's just kind of in just having less processed stuff is probably in general um pretty you know it's just better for you because like they put high fructose corn syrup is in every damn thing and i don't Mm. know why like i I went into the grocery store you know like pre-pandemic and i go to get the bread i usually get and i look down and there's the the bread i usually get and then next to it there's one with a green sticker on it says no sugar added and i went wait what and i picked it up and look at it and there's like a quarter as much sugar in the no sugar added one but it cost more and i'm like what when we're getting we're getting double fucked now too that um they're starting to catch on they shouldn't have done is like using soy as a as a filler for everything because it it converts into a carb doesn't well it? no um there's estrogen and stuff into it too and i actually i have running theories that i don't really have any medi just from observation and like numbers but i actually think so many women that are middle-aged and under suffer from pcos now is because they've been getting stuff full of soy since they were kids mm. But like mm. it's it's not a great thing. We don't digest it very well. There, a lot of people have soy intolerance. Um, yeah. Now and it's um and because you're seeing it now, like the last five years, a lot of stuff are like, hey, we don't put soy in this, and it's it's in there with like anything allergic. When you look at if it warns you, it contains something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at the look at like the 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 like how much people are becoming like allergic to peanuts. Well, yeah, they're so part of that from what our kids pediatrician told us is there are so many people who won't give their kids peanuts. Oh, they might be allergic to it. It's like, no, you, you, that's how they, you keep them from forming the allergy is, you know, give them a little bit, have 911 on speed dial. And if they're good, they're good. You know, but and then you can let them eat some more and some more. But if they have a complete absence to it, then their body never builds a tolerance. Yeah, we 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 totally got screwed on the yeah. food thing. Big big sugar hosed us. It seems like it hosed us pretty bad there. Yeah, and, and like I don't know what they teach on the food pyramid now, but I know like the one we were taught when we were kids is like upside down. Yeah. 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 You know what? Why don't I just 
um, food serving. And then it's like, it's weird how, um, like, if you bring that up, like, people, like, start labeling you a conspiracy theorist, and I'm like, no, ask a doctor. Yeah, no, this one's pretty straight. Um, let's see. It's like, no, ask a doctor and, and like, ob- observe what, like, people actually, like, what, like. So what they have done, um, and this was, well, this was from four years ago. But this was from Harvard Health Publishing is what they did is they instead of having a pyramid, they had a plate and they divided out the amount of the plate for what you should have. Mm-hmm. And you cut the plate in half and there's whole grains and healthy protein are half. So they're a quarter each. You go to the other side and vegetables are like this giant chunk of it. And there's a little bitty section for fruit. And. So, you know, it, it, that's a little closer to. Yeah. Reality. And it's it, it. Yeah. Eat your veggies. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it. I don't know. You're not going to solve the world's problems. tonight. No, and, and and weight loss, like weight loss is a whole like. Um, it's a whole big money making industry now. And. I really, yeah. I really hate it because when I lost weight, like people wanted like some, like easy answer is like I just counted my calories and ate less. Yeah, that's like sorry. That's what that's, I did too. But yeah. I'm in this place where it's like I need to, I need to do something else to get over the plateau. I need yeah. a little something extra, but I haven't got it figured out. You yet. have a lot working against you, but like a lot of people were visibly disappointed when I was just like, yeah, I just ate less than calories. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, sorry, you have to find a sustainable method of, of doing it because like those juice diets and stuff like, yeah, they work, but at some point you have to eat real food again. And that's where. Yeah. Yeah. That's On, honestly great. what I think, what I think most people need to do is you need to do it the hard way. You need mm-hmm. to count your calories and you need to go through the being hungry because you need to like what I learned when I did it and where I think people that do like the bariatric surgeries and stuff miss out on a lot of this is you need to be totally exposed to your relationship with food. So like when I when I did it, I like learned really quick, like when I get stressed out, I just want to stuff my face with everything uh-huh. in sight. And that's part of the problem. And I had to, I had to learn how to deal with that. Like I had to learn how to do something else, like not stuff my face, find something that was healthier to stuff my face with, like think about yeah. it more. But like, I think a lot of people, honestly, if you want to lose weight, like go see a therapist. It's hard because like for myself, you know, for 38, 39 years, I was an alcohol teetotaler because I thought, you know, I'd have a very, very bad reaction to it. And then my doc and I talked about it and she was like, there is no reason anymore why this should be the case. So, you know, try a little bit, have someone with 911 ready to go in case you need it. And, and, and it's been fine. But for the longest time, what were my cope, my coping mechanisms were one of three things. Number one, I go hit a heavy bag. Well, now if I go hit a heavy bag too hard, my left shoulder comes out of socket. Um, two, 
you know, pour my my stuff into whatever I'm gaming on. Well, that didn't, you know, only up to a point. And then three, what did I enjoy? I don't, I don't like eating until I feel sick, but I enjoy the flavors, if that makes sense. I don't want to eat until it's just like, blah, you know. I, I don't want to eat till I hate myself, but I enjoy tasting the flavors. You know, you, you get me a nice big hot fajita plate and all those flavors that pop as I eat it. I just enjoy it so much. And I want to have more of it because how do you enjoy more flavor? You have more of it. Um, and so now it's like, oh, okay. Now what do I do? <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just tough. It's other trying to come up with other coping skills. Don't eat the chips they give you beforehand. The delicious, delicious chips and salsa and queso. Like don't eat those. Yeah. They don't bring us queso. Um, but yeah, well, I I like getting uh, nachos fajitas because eating something off of a chip is something I really enjoy. So yeah, um, it's like uh, Anyway, and I know, I know like what I'm going to order, like there's certain places where I'll order the mashed potatoes and just eat half of them. Like I have my, I have my methods. Buy a food scale too, if you want to lose weight so you can measure out your portions exactly. Yeah, that's, that's something I have not done well with. Because so. the first time you realize an ounce of chips is a, is a, is, um, is 180 calories you get five chips you're like huh like how much does 180 calories of pretzels get me like oh there's much more pretzels oh god i hate pretzels okay so when i was young i used to keep getting recurrent acute pancreatitis Mm -hmm. and they were like well you need to have a low fat yeah like once a year i would have acute pancreatitis that's uh, very painful for those who don't know yeah it, it it felt like i was being stabbed my with a friend hot was my friend spent two weeks in the hospital at one point with acute pancreatitis yeah and do you know what you can do for pancreatitis not eat and regulate the pain that's really it yeah um yeah <laughs> so they're like okay well uh part of what because they couldn't figure out what it was and like, well part of what causes pain like, I got grilled. It's like, you get in your dad's liquor cabinet? I'm like, dad doesn't even have a liquor cabinet. My parents don't keep alcohol at home. I'm in eighth grade. I can't drive, you know. That dad, sort of it's stuff. okay. You can, you can share your raging alcoholism problem when you were Like I said, us. I couldn't even drink until I was 39. And so I go through all of that, and they're like, well, we're not sure what it is. But, you know, fats can kick it off sometimes. So, you know, just just don't eat as many fats. And they're like, well, okay, what can I eat? And it was like, well, for snack, you could have popcorn or pretzels. And I'm like, what else? And they're like, nope, just popcorn or pretzels. I'm so sick of pretzels. Like 20, 25 years later, it's like, I am so sick of pretzels. Just no. And anyway they stopped making them i really liked when i was losing they'd made like they had chips made from black beans which i loved because there was protein in them Mm. and uh that would last you longer but they're really hard to find now which makes me sad because they were delicious so so anyway that 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 was our our conversation about 
Adam Copeland jumping from WWE to AEW. <laughs> yes. We, we are really good at digressing. Um, we're better than Excalibur Taz is. Problem is what, the problem is we get chatty if we haven't been on for a couple weeks and we did like, yeah. we, ha- we haven't recorded much lately because I think we did a couple of doubles. So yeah. So we always, we're always a We get chatty. to talking. Yeah. But, um, so, um, here coming up, we've I think we've got a fun fun thought experiment we're gonna do next week. Yeah, um, we gotta we gotta get the 90th anniversary show watched too. Yeah, so uh, we'll be looking forward to that. But everybody out there, thank you for listening to this episode. I don't know if you're listening to it when it comes out. I don't know if you're listening to it like way down the line. Whatever, I'm just happy you're listening to it. Yeah. So, everybody, thank you for being here with us. Um, feel free to hit us up on social media. We'd love to hear from you. This is Shadow with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we will see you next time. <laughs>